Achieving Clarity podcast. My name is Ben Morley, an Air Force pilot turned consultant. Each episode, you will hear actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life, personal and professional, to achieve more clarity, purpose, and effectiveness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to your daily dose of practical clarity training. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Achieving Clarity podcast with me, Ben Morley. I hope this finds you doing well. Today, we'll talk about some burnout. I remember sitting in my car as I arrived to work that morning, thinking to myself, is this all there is? Is this where I am going to spend the rest of my working years? Is this the best it is going to get? In the story of our lives, we might be the main character, but work is the dominating theme, serving as our constant motivation. It is the central thing we do as adults, the primary focus of our mental function for most hours of the day and most days of the week. The types of jobs we have influence who we know, where we live, and how much society respects us. And the truth is, most of us are terrified of losing our livelihoods. As author Wheezy Kim writes, the so-called Great Resignation of 2021 has been making headlines for months now, as people have been quitting their jobs in droves. People rejecting available jobs runs counter to what we have been taught since childhood, that work is not just how we live our lives, it is why we live our lives. If the movement has a motto, it would be the word that has been on everyone's lips over the past 18 months. Burnout. According to a Business Insider survey of over 1,000 American workers, 61% said they were currently, quote, at least somewhat burned out, unquote. An Indeed report from March found that the majority of respondents said their burnout had worsened during the pandemic with 52% overall saying they were currently burned out. You have probably heard, or said it yourself, the following things repeated ad nauseum. Quote, I am so tired. I'm so exhausted. I cannot believe we have to keep going. But burnout is not just fatigue. It is far more insidious and complicated. There is a meme out there that says, quote, if you died tomorrow, your job would be posted faster than your obituary. Maybe a telltale sign of burnout is when you start thinking in such extreme terms, ruminating on life and death as it pertains to your work satisfaction. If you are wondering what would happen if you died tomorrow and weighing how deeply your workplace would feel the loss of you, you are not just tired. You are preoccupied with existential questions related to meaning and purpose. Much of it may be related to your job. The term burnout was coined in the 1970s by the American psychologist Herbert Freudenberger. He used it to describe the consequences of severe stress and high ideals in, quote, helping professions. Doctors and nurses, for example, who sacrifice themselves for others, would often end up being burned out, exhausted, listless, and unable to cope. 
Nowadays, the term is not only used for these helping professions. It can affect anyone from stressed-out, career-driven people and celebrities to overworked employees and homemakers. In 2014, Dr. Richard Gunderman wrote an article for The Atlantic in which he argued that the reason medical students seem to suffer higher rates of burnout compared to other college students is not because the work is intrinsically more difficult, but rather because the way these med students were being taught was often soul-crushing. It was an educational environment, he claimed, that did little to nurture compassion which is ironic considering these students were training to care about the well-being of others. Gunderman contends that burnout is not, then, necessarily caused by stress and overwork, but, quote, the sum total of hundreds and thousands of tiny betrayals of purpose, each one so minute that it hardly attracts notice, quote. Thinking of burnout as a form of betrayal is illuminating because it frames burnout not as a solitary experience, an agony you battle alone, something that is your sole responsibility to heal from, but rather a relationship in conflict. For those medical students, the conflict comes from being let down by their professors and mentors, and their subsequent interrogation of whether this path would allow them to be the kind, empathetic doctors they wanted to be. For others experiencing professional burnout, the details of the conflict vary, but the core problem remains the same. Workers feel betrayed by their employers. This is why burnout hits when work fails to live up to our expectations of it. Many of us were raised on the mantra, quote, it is not work if you love what you do. And so we want to believe that our jobs can not only provide financial stability, but also emotional and spiritual nourishment. Not all work is a calling, but the journey toward finding the right job can be likened to a pilgrimage. In a time of increasing secularism, work remains our steadfast religion. Burnout has always been with us. It really achieved vital status during 2020 with the pandemic. However, there is no vaccine for burnout. Surprisingly, experts do not always agree on what burnout actually is. Now, this has consequences. Because it is not exactly clear what burnout is and how it can be diagnosed, it is also not possible to say how common it is. Is it a medical condition? A philosophical matter? Is it just the cost of doing business? Of being alive? According to the World Health Organization, it is a, quote, occupational phenomenon. But that seems to be an anodyne way of saying that the exact nature, cause, and solution to burnout are not entirely clear. And there certainly does seem to be variance on what we talk about when we talk about burnout. Does burnout imply a length of time that you have gone without a break, or a certain degree of severity? Can you be burned out even if you do not have an extreme workload? If you are recharged after a few days of paid time off, uh, shouldn't that resolve any burnout issues? Does it come with depression? Can you love your particular job but still be burned out? Does burnout cause a fundamental shift in how you think about your work? For some, burnout is just another way to say their stamina has been used up and they need a vacation. 
But for others, burnout is a term that encompasses a kind of melancholic meditation on the unrelentless degree of their work. And more recently, the pandemic and crisis, the climate crisis anxiety, seem inseparable from it. There are three main areas of symptoms that are considered to be signs of burnout. Number one, exhaustion. People affected feel drained and emotionally exhausted, unable to cope, tired and down, and do not have enough energy. It is fatigue from caring too much. Physical symptoms include things like pain, stomach problems, and insomnia. Emotionally burned out individuals may also be more easily triggered than they normally would be. Number two, decreased sense of accomplishment. People who have burnout find their situations increasingly stressful and frustrating. What's the point? It's all Zoom calls and emails and who cares anyways? They may start being cynical about their working conditions and their colleagues. Comments like, quote, this is not leading to anything. This job is not going anywhere. There is a prevailing sense of meaninglessness. And number three, depersonalization. This can be a depletion of empathy toward others and toward themselves. There can be a sense of detachment, even losing the motivation to care for their personal needs. For many suffering from professional burnout, there is a disillusionment. When your dream job disappears, shouldn't you be allowed to disappear too? Instead, not only can you not disappear, but you are staring at many more decades of meaningless work until you can retire. How do you cope with that? The disappointment can be staggering. Now that burnout is a well-established part of the conversation, is it time to just throw up our hands and reject any notion that we might find work we love? Well, not exactly. In fact, it is not that we should be seeking jobs we feel nothing for or feel ashamed for loving our jobs. It is more that we should recognize that passion can make an already unequal relationship even more unequal. It is realizing that passion is irrelevant to the reciprocal obligations between employers and employees. It is acknowledging that it is okay to have a completely transactional relationship to work, especially when facing the threat of burnout. Feeling a little bit disengaged at work is not only common, it is normal. Whether we are experiencing pressure from a looming deadline, tension from a strained work relationship, or compounding stress from a myriad of work issues, a lack of engagement is inevitable. Not all feelings associated with work stress are consistent with labeling it as burnout. There is strong evidence to suggest that prolonged exposure to extreme work stressors does not always correlate with the full psychological syndrome of burnout. So, how do you tell the difference? Examining and characterizing your stress-related feelings are the first and most important steps to connecting to the support that will be most helpful given your unique experience. To help you determine whether the feelings you have are consistent with burnout, or if they are something less serious that could lead to burnout if left unchecked, consider the following question. Are you experiencing a migraine, or is this just a headache? The experience is like the difference between these two conditions. Like migraines, burnout is not just a little pain or irritation that interrupts your day. 
It often results in significant functional impairment. It may feel excruciating and debilitating, and it causes feelings of an intense emotional exhaustion, extreme cynicism, and minimal professional efficacy. Determining whether you are experiencing burnout is extremely important since it is associated with increased long-term risk of serious medical problems like type 2 diabetes and high cholesterol that can lead to coronary artery disease. Since burnout is really an organizational issue and is not simply the result of a deficiency in self-care, The interventions to address it are more complex and require strategies beyond the commonly prescribed, quote, get more exercise or just get more sleep. Discerning whether you are experiencing burnout does not just provide insight into your personal work experience, but it can also help you advocate for meaningful change at the organizational level to support the well-being of your colleagues and your organizational culture as a whole. It is possible to experience strong feelings associated with just one of the symptoms of burnout, resulting in an experience of ineffectiveness, disengagement, or overextension. Perhaps you are experiencing one of these feelings and not the full syndrome of burnout. To help you clarify, consider the following questions. Number one, do you feel you deserve more? If you feel underappreciated, undervalued, or taken for granted, you may not feel as effective at work as you know you can be. Few things are as more demoralizing in a professional setting than working hard and going unnoticed. These feelings are typically the result of an absence of extrinsic reinforcement, feeling worthy of more recognition and or respect from others. If you feel generally engaged and are not emotionally drained or pessimistic, you are most likely experiencing feelings of ineffectiveness rather than burnout. Feelings of ineffectiveness have less to do with stressors and more to do with a lack of positive qualities of work, such as appreciation, meaning, autonomy, and helpful feedback, to name a few. To increase your sense of effectiveness, consider asking your boss for more challenging or meaningful work, more independence, and feedback that shows they care about your development. Question number two. Do you frequently think, this is not what I signed up for? If you often feel disappointed at work or question whether you are in the right place, it is likely that you are experiencing feelings of disengagement. Organizational psychologists refer to this as a break in the psychological contract. This stress can stem from feeling misaligned with the organization's values, culture, other employees, or the profession itself. Question number three. Do you work to keep up or do you work to escape? If you are feeling emotionally exhausted, but generally have a positive attitude toward work, you are likely experiencing feelings of overextension caused by overworking. An example is a physician who is dedicated to his job and derives a strong sense of meaning from his work, but feels exhausted due to long hours and inadequate time to recover. People like this tend to feel fulfilled and involved in their work, but they're also incredibly tired. This is an example of overextension and is distinct from the feeling of being exhausted and cynical, which are two 
core symptoms of burnout. I am almost certain I was experiencing burnout in the waning days of my career as an Air Force pilot. I was a director overseeing an understaffed department. They were good people, but the organization had ignored the understaffing in this department for years, so this team was having to create workarounds to get the job done. Now, they had been doing this for such a long time, it had become normal for them, but it was wearing them out as well. As I had become oriented to this new department and to this situation, I began engaging senior leadership to assist, but I too was met with apathy and lack of support to make the needed changes. Additionally, this was not a job I had signed up for. Reference question number two I just read you. Add to this that I had been moved to this job without an onboarding session and with no turnover from the previous director. I was put into this position into an empty office and told to just figure it out. These and all the other aspects we've covered so far were boxes I was ticking off as indicators of burnout. I enjoyed the people and flying the jet was fantastic, but I was spending a great deal of my day thinking to myself, is this all there is? It seems odd, perhaps. Here I am, a senior officer in the Air Force, instructor pilot. I won a number of awards. I'd achieved the goal I had set out to accomplish since graduating from the Air Force Academy. But the combination of poor organizational leadership and a nagging sense that there was more to accomplish was really dimming my personal internal light, if you will. I knew if I stayed here, I would have a good job with financial security. Hey, it was a government gig after all. And I could count on the stable life it would provide. But the other side of the coin was that if I were to just settle in and accept this status quo, then by default, I was saying no to all the other opportunities life could offer. Different job directions, utilizing my skill sets in different ways, opening other doors for my family and children. All of these would not be available if I were to play it safe and ignore the growing feelings of discontentment. Now, I by no means pass any judgment on my co-workers who have remained with this profession, I am just sharing where I was at in my career. I remember thinking on what turned out to be my last flight on a beautiful July summer evening with a fantastic crew, that this flight would be a nice way to end this chapter. Now, I had not at the time decided on when or even if I was going to leave, but I thought that if this was to be it, then this is a great way to exit and move on. In order to survive without a passion for labor, work itself has to be less necessary for survival. But that is hard to imagine. A world where work does not take center stage, where you don't mention your job within minutes of meeting someone new. The concept of a post-work world has existed for a while now, but the idea that people should care less about their jobs, let alone work less, often causes deep moral outrage. This is not at all surprising considering how much of our identities are defined by work. It is as if, without work anchoring all of our lives, society itself will disintegrate. But my friends, it will not. There are other avenues available. So I hope this has been of some help to you, and as always, best to you. Thank you for listening to the Achieving Clarity podcast. We hope you liked it. To hear more tools and strategies to help you in your personal and professional life, subscribe to our podcast. 
Thank you again. <laughs>